Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, February 3rd. I'm Jonathan All. Dr. John H. Gladney made a name for himself as the first black ear, nose, and throat specialist in St. Louis. He used his skills and his talent as a doctor and his influence and his prominence to really, really try to elevate others. A conversation about a new Missouri Historical Society collection highlighting the legacy of Dr. John H. Gladney coming up on The Gateway. St. Louis public health leaders said yesterday they're facing an uphill battle at the St. Louis City Justice Center because the city's health department has long been underfunded and is catching up on its review of detainee medical records. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. City Health Director Dr. Mandy Slaswayo Davis told members of the Board of Aldermen and Advocates for Detainees that her department is hiring more medical staff for the jail and is in the final stage of hiring a chief medical officer. Sosweo Davis says the department is dealing with a backlog of electronic medical records from the jail's previous medical provider. So we're trying to catch up with the backlog and we're trying to do so accurately so that we know how many people either missed care, did not receive care, did not receive medicines, for example. And then we also want to know what their experience is. Jail reform advocates say city leaders need to do more to keep detainees safe. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Congressman Jason Smith says he's hopeful a major federal tax overhaul will find favor in the Senate. Smith's legislation would expand the child tax credit as well as business incentives to spur research and development. It passed the House Wednesday with 357 yes votes. Smith brushed off criticism from his fellow Republicans that the child tax credit expansion amounted to an expansion of the welfare state and from Democrats who felt the package was too slanted towards business. There were 70 people who voted against the bill from Cori Bush to Matt Gates to um, Chip Roy. So it was a variety. It was the extremes of both parties that was speaking against it. It's unclear when the Senate will take up Smith's tax overhaul package. Missouri's attorney general is throwing his support behind a proposal that would restrict where transgender students can go to the bathroom. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports that transgender Missourians have slammed legislation following through on that idea. Bailey says he backs legislation that would require transgender students to use restrooms or showers that align with the sex listed on their birth certificates. I want women to have the space to thrive in this state without fear of being erased in the name of progressivism. May Hall told a House committee last month that a provision steering transgender students to faculty restrooms could lead to unintended consequences. Setting that child up to be put in the worst possible situation if that one teacher that everyone knows is a little handsy walks in after them. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to get involved in an Indiana case allowing a transgender boy to go to a bathroom that corresponds with their gender identity. I'm Jason Merzenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Harris Stowe State University's College of Education lost one of its accreditations. The institution allowed its membership with a teacher's college accreditor to lapse at the end of 2023. The Black Institution's College of Education has held a voluntary membership with the Council of Accreditation of Education Preparation since 2017. 
The university reapplied for membership this past fall and must go through a renewal process. University officials say students' education degrees are not in jeopardy because the school is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission and recognized by the Missouri Department of Education. Last week's rain helped a lot with the region's ongoing drought. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, both Missouri and Illinois are moving in the right direction. Last week saw the biggest improvements in dry conditions in Missouri since this drought started in April 2023. After the cold snap, abnormally warm temperatures helped the ground absorb more rain, says Missouri State climatologist Zach Leeser. It thawed pretty quickly, and so that means all of this water is really saturating into the soil, and and that's very helpful. But Leeser says there are downsides to above-normal winter temperatures. Warm ground could lead to more pests, like ticks. And once the summer starts, warm weather can actually make drought worse. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A new Missouri Historical Society collection is highlighting the life of a prominent black St. Louis physician. Dr. John H. Gladney was the first black ear, nose, and throat specialist in the city. He later went on to become the first black doctor in the country to lead a department of otolaryngology. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson spoke with Gwen Moore, the curator of urban landscape and community identity at the Missouri Historical Society, about the collection and how he became a key figure in medical history. Who is Dr. John H. Gladney? Dr. John Herschel Gladney was an ear, nose, and throat specialist. He was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Dr. Gladney said his mother died, and that had a profound impact on him. He remembers visiting her in the segregated hospital where black people were assigned to, to the basement, and it was obviously substandard. And he said that's when he really became, got kind of this interest in medicine, just from seeing his mother waste away like that in, that, in those circumstances. So he, he did graduate from high school in Little Rock, uh, went on to uh, HBCU Talladega in uh, Alabama, from there, he went to Meharry. When he graduated from Meharry, he came to Homer G. Phillips. Uh, you know, Homer G. Phillips was this beacon where a lot of black doctors and other medical professionals, nurses, got their training. He was not just a practicing physician. He was also a researcher. He did this research that really saw a connection between diabetes and hearing loss. And because of that, he was, became the first black fellow that was uh, inducted into the American Triologic Society, and that's like the premier society for ear, nose, and throat specialists in the country. So it was, it was quite a quite an honor. What led to him becoming the first Black doctor to lead a department of otolaryngology in the U.S.? That's a pretty big deal. Well, he was a practicing physician, of course, but he was also a researcher. And the fact that he did this research and was looking into the causes, seeing that that link between diabetes and hearing loss, I think that he was unusual in that field. I think what's really interesting about his story, when you think about somebody like Dr. Gladney, there were many doctors like that that were practicing at Homer G. Phillips Hospital that came to St. Louis because of Homer G. Phillips Hospital, started private practices because they were drawn here by Homer G. Phillips Hospital. And so he was one of those really prominent physicians among many prominent physicians that came here to practice. 
So I'm not surprised that he was the first African-American to do that because we have so much Black talent. Why was Dr. Gladney influential in the St. Louis region? He was very engaged in his community. The fact that he was interested in helping young Black students. We talk about, you know, how he influenced young Black doctors on the university level. But think about how he influenced young Black children in elementary schools, you know, where he went there and he talked to them and he read to them and he interacted with them and he let them know about his success as a, as a physician. That may sound a little trite, but it's act, it actually is true that he saw his calling as beyond medicine. And he used his skills and his talent as a doctor and his influence and his prominence to really, really try to elevate others. Speaking of that and giving back, how did this collection come to be and what's in it? His daughter, Constance Gladney Agard, that was the initial contact. So we got his medical tools. Uh, we got some of his yearbooks, photographs. He was a member of the Boule. We got papers, documents. Why is it important for more people to know about Dr. Gladney's legacy? He helps us to tell the story of Homer G. Phillips. It tells us multiple stories, stories related to the city's history and the larger history of Black medicine. You cannot tell a story about Black medicine nationally, internationally, without mentioning Homer G. Phillips and these pioneering doctors that helped to bring attention to this city and to Black medicine. That was Gwen Moore, the curator of urban landscape and community identity at the Missouri Historical Society, speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about the new Dr. John H. Gladney collection. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Have a great weekend. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.